Welcome, everybody, to episode 14 of the WP Mainline Podcast for Thursday, September 30th, 2021. I am your host, Jeff Chandler, joined by my favorite Canadian Mountie friend, <laughs> Malcolm Peralti. Malcolm, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. And yourself? <laughs> yeah, I'm tired today. I, I'm, uh, I've actually had a very good week, both uh, mental health, anxiety-wise, and uh, production-wise. In fact, uh, if I can publish something tomorrow, it would be the first week, first full week that I've been able to publish something. Well, I don't uh, think you're going to have so. anything. I don't think you're going to have anything to publish about tomorrow. I think it's going to be a really boring news day. Uh, I highly doubt that. <laughs> but I am, I am, I am sleepy. But we do have some things to talk about. It's about nine p.m. We're doing the show on a Thursday, uh, Thursday evening because tomorrow is WordCamp US. If you don't have your tickets. They are still available. It's a free virtual event. It begins at noon, 12 Eastern, I believe, and goes all the way to about eight o'clock. So it's going, it's going to be an all day thing. They're actually doing this kind of neat thing where I think it's during lunch, all these different WordPress contributors who play an instrument are going to get on a video call. There's going to be, they're going to either be playing music or they're going to be together as a band. I don't know what's happening, but during lunch, there's going to be some cool things going on with contributors and, and music. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And uh, I'm not really one for virtual events, but for this one, I'll make an exception. I'd like to just go there, hang out. And you now I kind of made a joke today on Twitter that I <laughs> I was on my way to the hotel and, uh, you know, if anybody wanted to catch an Uber <laughs> with me at 530 to to grab some dinner, I, th- I think I made some people laugh. I made some people cry. I actually had somebody believe me and said, where's the information on the website? And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I was just role playing. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I kind of fooled some people, but uh, WordPress yeah. RPG, man, I don't know. Has anyone thought about that yet? If, if you haven't uh, <laughs> built out an RPG for WordPress, I don't know. I'd be super curious about what that would look like. Um. Yeah, I looked over the list and I mean, I would love to kind of go through all of this, but I have a full day of work tomorrow. Are there any sessions that really stand out to you as like, oh, I got to be there for that? Uh, the Learn WordPress uh, one is something I'm looking forward to. I, I'd like to learn more information about that. In fact, uh, next Monday, I have a scheduled roundtable discussion with the folks involved with the Learn.WordPress project. So we're going to learn more about that and I'll publish that conversation next week. I would like to listen in on the conversation with uh, Josepha Hayden. Um, I'd like to hear what she's got to say at the at the end of the day. And let's see, there's probably one or two involving Gutenberg or full site editing that I wouldn't mind uh, wouldn't mind watching. I, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I can't see myself sitting in front of a screen the whole day. That's just not going to happen. In fact, I, I've, I'm actually got plans tomorrow to go watch some trains with my wife and Smokey and that'll be awesome. Cause we haven't done that forever. Right. But I'm hoping with some VPN, I'll be able to, to uh, actually tune into WordCamp us. All of the sessions, as far as I know, are pre-recorded. So everything is not live. People can hang out and even the uh, present, the speakers can hang out in the live chat and actually uh, answer questions and things that are popping up there. So, so that's pretty nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so I, I haven't, I haven't attended. I haven't attended a WordPress or WordCamp US, or I haven't seen any videos from it for two or three years. So I, I'm due. I'm due to get back into it. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you'll have to let us know uh, what your favorite things were and, and keep us in loop on that, and hopefully post something tomorrow about your experience. 
Yes, absolutely. And speaking of doing the podcast today, do you know what day it is, Malcolm? I didn't even know this day existed until like everybody started talking about it today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I work with Topher, so I kind of couldn't avoid it. <laughs> uh, uh, something it, about some podcast day, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So today is International Podcast Day, which uh, I guess where everybody celebrates and listens to and searches out new podcasts. Uh, everybody celebrates the uh, the podcast medium, I suppose. And on this day, speaking of Topher DeRosia, he... Uh, the him and his wife, who operate the Hero Press Network of Sites, uh, they launched a new site today called WP Podcasts. So it's WPPodcasts.com. And it's essentially a directory of WordPress podcasts, active WordPress podcasts that are, that are going on throughout the community. So if you visit that site, you can search for your favorite show uh, via text, or you can search for it via tags. There's an actual, on the right-hand sidebar, there's a list of shows. Uh, and there's a little number that actually says how many episodes uh, that uh, that show in particular has. And uh, my favorite way to browse the site is just to visit the All Podcast page because it just lists the shows from newest to oldest with an excerpt from their show notes post. And if you click on the listen to episode link, it takes you right to that website where the show notes post is listed. And that's where you can subscribe to the show, read the show notes, click on links, things that you're talking about. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I don't know, you know, over the years in WordPress, we've had websites like this come and go that kind of aggregate things together, whether it's news or themes or plugins, but it's been a while since I've seen a, uh, a podcast one and there are a number of WordPress podcasts out there. So I, I like the design of the site. It's snappy. It's fast. Um, in fact, uh, he added a couple that weren't there. So there's like, I think there's over like 3000 episodes, <laughs> it's three, three, that 3000 episodes of WordPress audio content. You can listen to if you choose to do so <laughs> all available right there. So uh, that's pretty cool resource. Yeah. One of my favorite parts is when you go to that all podcast episodes page and you go to archive by month, you can actually kind of like scrub back in time to like 2012 and see how oh. you know, more and more podcasts have been kind of um, adding episodes per month as we go along. Um, September 2021, um, they've already found 107 episodes this month, um, which I mean, amongst all the podcasts that they know about, which is uh, a pretty impressive amount of episodes, if I, if I might say. Indeed, indeed. Uh, in fact, I just, I thought, and I said this on the show, I thought that WP Water Cooler was the longest running mm -hmm. uh, WordPress podcast out there, but it's actually the uh, engineer, WordPress engineer podcast by Dustin Harlitzer. He's uh, an automatician. He's got over, he's got over 400 episodes. It might be 500, but he's been doing it for even longer than WP Water Cooler. So I was pretty impressed by that. And he just recently had his podcast. Where is it? Let me look. It's the uh, is it WP Engineer. It's in here somewhere. Uh, but it, it's definitely one of the one of the podcasts that's been added. A lot of episodes. Oh, there's the Kitchen Sink WordPress podcast. That one's pretty cool. That one's with uh, Adam Silver. Listen to that. But I, I got to say, um, and speaking of podcasts, do I listen to them? No. And the reason for that is because I, I don't, 
I don't do things. I don't do things where I, uh, my, when I listen to a podcast, I want my full attention to be on whatever it is they're talking about. And when I worked at the grocery store at night, stocking shelves, I could do that mindlessly. That was mind numbing work. And I could concentrate on whatever the show it was I was listening to. But ever since, ever since leaving third shift at the store, I used to burn through hours and hours of podcasts. No problem. I just haven't gotten into it. So, you know, what I need is like AirPods. Or those, so I have an iPhone 12 or iPhone 11. I have one of those. I have an iPhone <laughs> and I think it doesn't have a headphone jack. So I think what I end up having to do, I think those AirPods, I think they're Bluetooth. You connect via Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. if I get me a pair of AirPods, maybe I'll have to wait until around Black Friday, see if any are on sale. If I end up getting me some of those, then I'm going to vow and make an effort to go outside, to walk more, walk around my neighborhood and listen to some more podcasts, get back into that. Cause I kind of, I kind of miss, miss listening to all those podcasts. Yeah. A that's lot, a good way to be a lot I, of WordPress content in audio form out there. I have to admit, I'm bad about that as well. Um, yeah. I, in talking with well, Topher, well, I, mean, I mean, come on. Do, do you see yourself saying, well, I got some free time here. I'm just going to sit here and listen to this show. For this podcast, I mean, mean, one of the advantages about podcasts and and video um, is that you can speed it up, right? So if you're not worried about memorizing the information, you can listen to it at 1.25, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5x speed. Which quite a few people have already mentioned that they do with this show. And they said, I sound pretty good as a chipmunk. (laughs) But I mean, like, it's a great way to kind of compress the amount of time it takes to kind of get through some of this content. And I know a lot of people that do that and do it quite well. I just haven't necessarily taken the time to do that. I think for me, I I spend most of my time at my desk and I'm on a lot of meetings or I'm like, you know, checking out a YouTube video or a Twitch stream. I don't necessarily think of podcasts as a desktop type activity. And I guess that's kind of another barrier that I need to kind of work on. I don't know. It's interesting. I would, I would, I think if I got those AirPods, I'd listen to a lot more podcasts. In fact, it would probably get me to go outside more. I hope, I hope it would. <laughs> Cause I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm stuck inside. I, I, I miss going to the park. I really do. Oh. Um, so next up uh, is a website for the small fries out there in the WordPress space. It's called WP Hunts. And it, its founder is Ben Townsend. And what this site, think about it's a product hunt, but for WordPress stuff. So there's, there's kind of two different flavors of the site. There's one for like WordPress business owners, developers, and there's one for, for users. And the reason why Ben created this site is he said that um, out of all the acquisitions that have happened as of late, he re- he's he's had this idea of WP Hunt for a while. He says his issue is that developers have no real outlet. And as a user, I'm missing out. He says, sure, you could put something onto the WordPress plugin or theme directories, but the chances of him finding it when it's flooded with plugins and themes that have a huge user base are slim to none. He says, what if there's a particular maker's product that's perfect for my needs? He's never going to know about it because the words WordPress landscape favors the bigger, more established products, which in his opinion is inherently wrong. He says WordPress to him, it was always about enabling individuals, the freedom to create, to choose plugins and themes. And then when the boom time happened and the, the affiliate, affiliate spam blogs flooded the gates and 
kind of all hell broke loose. So WP hunts actually won't have any affiliate links and registered users will be able to redeem coupons from uh, those who list their creations and uh, Townsend also made the decision to not allow products from Code Canning or Theme Forest to be listed as they already have a large budget for marketing. Uh, one of the ways he plans on generating revenue for the site is to allow developers to come up with a fair price. How that's going to happen, I'm not sure what, what's going to be involved in the negotiations there, but he did say that 5% of any revenue that the website generates will be donated to a big orange heart foundation. I think something like WP Hunts could be beneficial uh, to the WordPress scene, especially for people who want to support indie developers. You know, and it's kind of funny that I mentioned indie developers because it makes me think that things have gotten so big now, and with all these acquisitions of parent companies and satellite companies, that now that you know, there's there's probably going to be some demand out there for indie developers. Maybe they want to use a product or something that's not owned by a particular company or conglomerate right. that's out there. Um, so I can definitely see something like WP Hunts being beneficial to the community. Uh, I, you know, I, at the first, it's, for WP Hunts to be successful, it's going to have to gain a bunch of traction on its own to benefit the, the people who are listing their products there. And I thought it was kind of interesting where users, like when they do a review, they're actually going to have to provide a screenshot of them using the product before the review can actually be uh, published onto the site. I, I think a creator will be able to have that power to to publish a review. So, I, I and the other thing about WP Hunts is that uh, as someone who's been in the WordPress media space and has written thousands of posts about products and things that I've discovered, I've also received tons of emails through contact forums and kind of cold calls and things of that nature of different products and different services that people are working on. And by and large, I just skip over them because they're not interesting to me or the, I don't think my audience uh, has any, has any, has any need or use for them. So what WP Hunts does is it kind of fills that void. It allows the creator to kind of have more control over trying to gain that traction, that media traction where they don't have to rely on a hope and a prayer that somebody like Jeff Chandler over at WP Mainline writes about their product or it gets mentioned on WP Tavern. <laughs> they can list it here and at least being on this website and being listed uh, gives you a chance, increases the chances of discoverability. Well, okay. Everyone- Maybe. I know, I know Jeff is like making it seem like it's this big deal and everything, but I think it has more to do with the fact that it makes his job easier. Oh, well, um, there's that too. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would, I would definitely bookmark it and check it out every day. And, and if I see something that catches my eye, boom, I'm on it. Right. Exactly. And I think that is the advantage of any site like this. Um, you know, for me, when I look at product hunt, I'm looking for, things that tickle my fancy and I go, Oh, this is cool. And then I like share it with my co-founder at Press Titan, or I like share it with people at Camber. And, uh, you know, oh, okay. Really so when you, thing. when you find those things that tickle your fancy, yep. would you have found them otherwise or was no, part of no, pro- for sure. And, and that is the beauty of product hunt. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't know that they could have ever gotten to me any other way. I would have, if they had had an advertisement somewhere, I probably would have been ignored it because because of how it's structured and because i've opted into receiving this information i don't necessarily pay attention to it like as detailed as i should but i definitely scan through it when i receive the emails or when i go onto the site and uh, i hope that this will do the same for wordpress stuff 
Exactly. Me too. I, I, I want to be able to, to find out something. I'd like a new plugin, a new theme, something that's hosted on GitHub. And I kind of like the idea of not having code canning and uh, theme mm-hmm. forest stuff on here. I think that's a good choice. And I also think that all of the big shots, like I, I wonder what the criteria is going to be that, that Ben will figure out for plugins. I wonder if, if, if a plugin is already hosted on the WordPress theme or plugin directories, I wonder if they can't be listed on WP hunts. I wonder if that's going to be, be the case or if there's some criteria like active install counts or something that you already have where being listed on WP hunts wouldn't be maybe as beneficial. Like for instance, you're not going to see Jetpack on WP hunts. That just makes I sure sense. Hope not. I, yeah, yeah I think, I think we all hope, I think that completely destroys <laughs> the purpose of what w, WP hunts is all about. But um yeah, I would like to bookmark it, check it out, and be able to write about new products and themes and services and different things that I found. Uh, you're right. Anything that makes my job easier, I'm all for, man. No doubt. Uh, so let's see. So uh, it's not actually launched yet. You can actually sign up and uh, mm-hmm. and, and do anything. He's in the process. He's in the very beginning stages of, of building the site. And uh, he's got a newsletter sign uh, that you can subscribe to if you visit WPHunts.com. And he's already got 100 people signed up. He's already got people interested in this idea. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy for him. And uh, I've, got a, I've got a talk with him scheduled next week. And uh, who knows, depending on that talk, I might, maybe I'll partner up with him on this. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see. Uh, oh, I came across this interesting resource it's actually been around a long time but for some reason i never knew about it probably because i wasn't looking for it but i happened to see scott kingsley clark friend of the show uh, he shared a link on twitter to a comprehensive spreadsheet that compares the various types of content type and custom fields plugins now it's a it's a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and it's up to date it's maintained frequently by clark and matt gibbs um, and clark recently improved the spreadsheet by adding plugin icons and active installs. And now the plugins are actually listed by active installs now. And if there's over like 93 different rows of data that are compared between the various plugins, I mean, there's one, two, three, four. I mean, there's, I think there's like a dozen or more plugins in this spreadsheet. And it tells you there's information like, is it free? Is it pay? Is it commercial only? Is it open source? Uh, Network-wide content field and or fields, multi-site support. There's all kinds of good stuff in there. And uh, Scott was telling me that the plugin authors have actually uh, participated in making sure that this is up to date when it comes to their specific plugin and the the data that's being compared. So very cool uh, spreadsheet on there, very cool resource. Um, In fact, it's been there for years, but... (laughs) Like I said, you know, it's, I think it's just one of those things that uh, if you know, you know, and uh, hopefully by, by writing about it and sharing it, uh, more people will know about it because it's very cool to see this uh, comparison tool. And Scott has been wanting to build a full-blown website and create different filtering components and, and additional ways to search, but he just hasn't had the time. But it, it's, it's not bad uh, browsing through the spreadsheet. There's a lot of data there. Too much. <laughs> I, I, holy smokes. I look at this and my heart like speeds up. It's like, wow, it's a lot to parse. I almost wish that someone would come along and maybe use like gravity forms or something and give me like a choose my own adventure to get me <laughs> to, the, to the end result. Right. Like, cause you can see that there's a whole bunch of options here that are like exclusory where it's like, 
if you pick yes here or no here, then you're not going down this path anymore. And I'd love to have like a, a recommender tool based on this data. So someone build that um, because it'd be, I think it'd be super useful for people because there are a lot of options to do custom content types and custom field types and custom meta and custom whatever. So uh, yeah, I, 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 it's too much to parse in this form, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if I was just an end user and I came across a spreadsheet, I would just scroll down it really <laughs> quickly and say like, wait, there's no count of how many yeses there were. <laughs> like, like what is my quick one piece of data to kind of understand what I should pick? And uh, they certainly do not do that in this spreadsheet. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I, if you're, I'm not the spreadsheet kind of, kind of guy or person. So, I mean, maybe something, I, I, I think had Scott been able to put this information together in a, in a website to use maybe actual custom fields, to provide different ways of filtering and searching. I think that probably they could have created something like what, what you're, what you're wanting, but as, as it exists now, everything's just in that spreadsheet and it's either all or nothing. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so Helen Husandi shared an interesting article on Twitter that, and this article looks at the, uh, it was actually on, uh, on the verge and it mm-hmm. looks at the generational knowledge gap between students who grew up using Google drive versus professors who use directory structures for storing and accessing files. Um, apparently, saving files to folders and understanding how a directory structure works is not a skill that much of the younger generation has. And it's giving professors, it's making them go nuts because they're having to, to teach what uh, they probably consider basic computer skills to people who have no idea what it is they're talking about. And, and one of the biggest differences that the article notes is that the the mental model and uh, while professors are used to storing things in directories and subdirectories the younger generation is storing files into just one large bucket or into uh, maybe two or three different buckets and all they have to do is search or start typing a couple keywords into the thing you're looking for and you know whether it's ios or or google or some other type of software usually the thing that they're looking for shows up Versus the method of clicking this directory, going to here, going to this subdirectory, having to remember all that, and then hopefully you get to the file <laughs> that you're looking for. And I thought not only was this generational gap interesting, but I kind of reflected into how I store files nowadays. And I'm, I've, I've gradually moved to the, uh, the phase of, of buckets, you know, just put everything into a bucket. I've got documents. That's a bucket. I've got uh, the downloads folder. That's a bucket. I've got a desktop folder where everything I want to, all the trash I want on my desktop, I put into a folder. So I keep the desktop neat. It's, it's kind of like you know, sweeping the trash underneath the bed. You know, nobody's going to see it. <laughs> um, but I, I thought it was, uh, I thought all of that was interesting. And then Helen kind of brings it back and says, says that it would be really good for WordPress developers to really read and absorb the article and think about how things are currently approached in the UI of WordPress and explaining what WordPress is and how we can actually be effective in a mental model of apps and no file system. And, you know, and one of the things that has been requested both on this show and other shows regarding the media library is file structures, folders, directories. They, a lot of people want that for, the WordPress media library. And now after reading this article and look at how people are accessing files now, 
I wonder if the, it's just kind of funny to me or kind of ironic that maybe the WordPress media library is now at a point where because it doesn't have files <laughs> and directory structures that maybe it's poised to uh, kind of leap ahead in terms of how people access files and search form and whatnot. Uh, now, if you look at the WordPress media library, you've got alternative text fields, you've got the title, caption, description. Those are things that you can use to search for images in the media library. And I think that uh, search is about as effective as you have fields and metadata that you can attach to a file, right? So if you take some of those things away, your search is not going to be as effective. At least that's that's my understanding of it. Um, but I don't know. What's your, what's your take on this? So one of the things I thought was kind of funny about this is that I mean, a lot of us, and maybe by default as well, WordPress actually does store things by year and month in terms of image uploads or file uploads. Right. But it's it's an abstraction that we don't really present to users all that often. And it doesn't even need to necessarily exist on the computer file system. Like you have the option in WordPress to switch it to just be like one directory and all your stuff goes in there. Um, but the, I think the the idea of being able to like call out or, or make something more important, even if we don't talk about it in a hierarchy structure, but just kind of being able to kind of say like, this is something that I use often. And so I want to kind of keep that where I can see it is a missed opportunity in the WordPress media library. And I think that's where a lot of that folder and file structure comes from is that, that need to be able to kind of find certain assets in an easy and quick way. I don't necessarily think that we want to like organize everything, but I personally feel like my brain is much more of like a, you know, tax file, uh, like cabinet than a like scattering of random stuff all over my room. So, uh, I, I need that sense of organization. I need that sense of structure to keep my sense of organization going because without that sense of structure, I mean, I look at my downloads folder and I just want to cry. Um, so then I, you know what I mean? Like I move it into like foldered compartments, like this is what I downloaded and why and what for kind of thing. And, uh, it helps me be able to refine those, those assets again, where my downloads folder is just this like stressful anxiety ridden list of files that, you know, who knows what like random dot text actually is or something. Right. So, or why I downloaded it. So I don't know. I, I think that I don't know necessarily that it's as much as a generational gap. I think that it has, like, if you did the same test with Android users versus iOS users, I'd be interested to see if, like, you know, or, or Windows versus Mac. I think you'd see that, like, Windows users kind of tend towards the the folder structure because Windows as an operating system tries to push you in that direction. And Mac probably tends towards that, like, single directory structure because Mac tends to push you towards that direction. Well, all I know is that on the bottom left-hand corner of my screen, it says type here to search the window search bar. And that's where I go first. Oh, unless, I never uh, use that. Uh, oh. unless, it's, unless it's on the desktop or it's it's a subdirectory deep, I almost never, because having to search, for example, maybe a certain game I have installed through Steam. Right. It's very difficult to find. So I have to type it in there and then it takes me right to where I need to go. And look at that. It's like six, seven directories deep that I, I would have gotten lost trying to find. 
I, I, I search for everything. My downloads for, I know what you're saying. You're saying that I'm lazy and I don't want to, I don't want to clean up and I don't want to store stuff and things that, you know, <laughs> I, I get it, but Hey, it works for me. And until, 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 that, until that time, I look at my downloads folder and I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, man, I should have named that file better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or how long ago did I download that? Yeah. Like a week ago or was it more than a did week Did I put ago? it there or did I move it? Yeah. I, I don't think it's a generational thing. I would be interested to see more studies um, to like determine whether or not it, it actually truly is a generational thing or an experiential thing. And again, all of this kind of wrapping it back into WordPress, right, is like, um, you know, what users is WordPress trying to serve the best or what type of people, like what persona of user is WordPress trying to serve best and is the software doing that? And I mean, we could dissect every piece of software under that understanding, um, but me- the media library is always an area that I think could just use more work. I think it's an area that's kind of being left behind in a lot of ways. Absolutely. I agree with you. There, there was a couple of years ago, there was a presentation, I think, at WordCamp US where they actually looked at different media libraries, different UIs across from, I think there's like Flickr was in there and a couple other photo apps. And the WordPress media library for all intents and purposes was pretty good compared to what was out there already. It was, it was very surprising, actually. But that was a few years ago. Things are changing. Things are revolving. I know. Why don't we just turn the media library into blocks? There you go. Uh-oh. That's blocks off everything. Yeah, <laughs> they, they certainly do. <laughs> uh, so last week was pretty fun. The um, Web3WP WAPU um, NFT collection minting process was opened up to the, to the general public. And I was on the Web3 uh, Discord server, and that was pretty fun. There's a lot of people who were minting various WAPUs. Uh, some of them were were cool looking. Some of them were kind of boring. Uh, but, you know, it's all in the beauties in the eye of the beholder, right? Is that, yep. is that how you say it? Um, right. I wanted to participate in the experiment, but uh, I attempted to purchase F, ETH, that's Ethereum, the, the cryptocurrency, and I, I hooked it up to MetaMask, which is my wallet. And uh, my bank said, no, 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 we're not going to let you do that. That My bank marked my charges for ETH as fraudulent and actually froze my account. <laughs> so I, I, after cussing at my bank and being upset because then I wasn't able to participate in this uh, experiment, I then calmed down and realized that my bank was just doing what I would want my bank to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's keeping me, keeping me safe. So I contacted my bank the next day and they, and they said, well, did you try and do this? Did you try and do it? I said, yes, yes, yes. So they said, okay, you're not going to have any more problems doing this. So immediately I tried to purchase F again through wire, which was the service and it still didn't work. Like it, I don't know what the problem was. So uh, folks have recommended that I go through like Coinbase, which I think yeah. is a, is, is an exchange, but you, it creates a, uh, you give them money, but you got to wait a period of time. Before. Yeah, and it's just more trusted by banks yeah. because it's a right. it's a known and managed company, um, and it actually is more regulated than a lot of the other companies in terms of buying cryptocurrencies. And so it's just a, a kind of a safer approach, more trusted approach for banks. Um, so that's why that recommendation price is coming up a lot. And even though I didn't get a chance to mint a Wapu, I want to thank Mike Hale for he donated the Wapu to me. So I actually own my first NFT, my first Wapu. Uh, he's got like a gray hat and he's brown. He's got red shoes with a gray background. And I like gray. So it's kind of the red shoes make them pop. 
So he's mine. He's my Wapu. Um, uh, the special edition WP mainline Wapu was minted. So that's cool. So that's out there. Somebody owns that. And I got in touch with the person and said, Hey, anytime you want to sell this thing, you put it on the market, let me know. I want to get through Stibs and buying my own Wapu. Uh, but so with that, I mean, the, the, uh, the event went off pretty well. I think they're up to 400 or five, they're at least 25% of the collection has been minted. Uh, so they're, so they're doing pretty good there, but I wanted to, uh, the other day I published some of my, I, I had some observations about these NFT things. And, uh, I've, I've noticed that, you know, there's this very stark contrast right now where people look at NFT and it stands for no freaking time, or they look at it as a joke, or they, they have no idea why people are buying JPEGs where they can just right click, save image and boom, they have the image. <laughs> you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of that people are like that. And then on the other side, there are the people who understand about the prominence of an item and the blockchain and how that ownership is, is taken care of and the decentralized nature of everything and the cryptocurrency and whatnot. But I've, you know, I, I look at these images and these JPEGs and this artwork and I'm like, man, you know, I've, I've got all this photography and stuff sitting around. It's collecting dust. How about I just mint those as NFTs, put it on the NFT market, such as OpenSea, and see if somebody can't can't buy them. Well, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. It's NFTs, you know, when you start looking into listing them, there is uh you gotta have F Ethereum in your account to, to start the process. You need to pay gas fees, listing fees, transaction fees, possible royalty fees. I mean, you could end up going broke before you even get a chance to sell <laughs> what it is you want to sell on the NFT market. And sometimes you know, you were talking about like $80 up to a couple hundreds of dollars. And so if you don't have something, a piece of artwork, digital art, and everything is kind of centered around digital artwork right now, it's probably going to change or evolve over time. But right now it's, it's all about digital art. If you don't have something that collectors want or that will sell, you're just NFTs. It's very easy to throw it, waste your money. Throw it, it's, it's, it's an investment thing. It's funny money. You got to have, you got to have money. Or I should say, you gotta, have, yeah, you gotta have money, but you gotta spend money to make money with this NFT stuff. And uh, for those out there, like for someone like me who looks at these things and says, "Man, I, I I can make a quick buck, or maybe I could just sell this, or just sell this and make a couple of F and turn that into a couple thousand dollars," you know, that's not the way it works. So um, it's not a get rich quick scheme, uh, at least as far as I can tell. And uh, like I said, it's dangerous. You know, you could be, you could get into it and you might see something you like with this collection and you might experience FOMO if you're missing out. But um, it, it's it's a quick way to lose a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. One thing though that I'd be interested in kind of hearing your perspective on is um, how do you feel like cryptocurrencies or the blockchain or um, NFTs might play a bigger role in WordPress. I mean, Twitter is talking about allowing people to put the NFTs and the proof of their ownership of the NFT as part of their like user profile image. Um, how long until maybe like Gravatar or something allows for something similar? I, I think that would be cool. I, in fact, one of the next experiments that Web3... Uh, Web3, Web3, WP, <laughs> I'll get it right one of these times. One of the experiments they're working on is utilizing blockchains and 
perhaps NFTs, maybe not NFTs, for WordPress contributions or contributors. So I'll be very interested to see uh, what comes of that. There's also this idea of uh, using the blockchain to create digital swag. You know, maybe if you attend a WordCamp in person, then you can mint an NFT or you, or there's an NFT that's specifically for that event and you get access to it. You can get it towards your wallet if you pay for a ticket and attend the event. So, and then you'd be able to show that possibly on your WordPress.org profile. So you have all these different badges, but then you could see NFTs or other things through the blockchain that you also own. Um it, it's, I mean, uh, when you start talking about ideas like that, like swag and different pins and, and different messages and coupons and other things that you can attach to these smart contracts, it could, uh, it, it's ripe for innovation. For sure. And I, I'm very curious to see how, how the WordPress project takes advantage of all this stuff, if it does at all, <laughs> you know? You know, you're going to need people, you're going to need systems and people in place to to build and do all this stuff. So, and that's one of the problems of open source. You know, there's never enough people. There's never enough time. There's never enough people pointing into a direction that you should go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's see. Other than that, um, that's about it. Uh, as far as the news goes, Hey, nothing got acquired that I know of. <laughs> this week so you know there's that um yeah that's it so anything anything you want to say or get off your chest before we wrap it up no i i uh you know i think uh as i said last week i hope to echo this week and, and maybe every week if as long as you're not saying it um if if you want to support the show the best way to do that is to go to wp mainline and subscribe for 49 dollars per year that's it. Under 50 bucks for the entire year, 12 months of Jeffro and I um, as a rail fan and go ahead and do that right away and uh, help the show kind of continue to be successful. And I, uh, I look forward to doing many more of these episodes and trying to convince Jeff to do a whole diverse podcast series and interviews and everything, but we can't do that unless we uh, keep him fed and uh, keep him hydrated. So um, subscribe today, everyone. Yeah. Special shout out to, uh, I don't have their names offhand, but there's three, Justin Ferriman, uh, uh, and there's, there's two others that subscribed to the, uh, to the website today. And thanks to their subscriptions, I'm able to send Ford a payment for my car. Hey. <laughs> so, so maybe they'll stop calling me and asking me where their money is. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, we don't want Jeff's legs to get broken, that's uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, oh, man. So I, 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 they help. They uh they they're supporting me and they they help buy me a little more time but and um next week on the on the show of course we'll have a wrap up and do a review uh, as best we can as to what happened at WordCamp US but I do want to talk next week about something that came up today on Twitter about news websites who owns them and trying to make money or trying to make a living doing these things called news websites which. I'm sort of trying to change the narrative now that it's not just about news. It's more like, it's more like documentation, documenting things, being a sort of like a historian and being able to, to do that every day. And boy, I, I, I'm almost going to get into it right now, but it's the end of the show, but that's something I'm gonna, <laughs> I want to, I want to like to talk about next week in more detail. Cause I have some things I'd like to say about it. Be a hot no topic. Doubt. No doubt. 
So that's going to do it for this episode of the WP Mainline Podcast. You can find show notes for this episode and all other episodes on WPMainline.com. Just click the podcast button and everything will be right there for you. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeffro, J-E-F-F-R-0. And Malcolm? You can follow me on Twitter at Find Purpose. And uh, I am working at Press Titan as the co-founder, Press Titan. Capital T, dang it. Yep. And uh, <laughs> also at Canberra Creative. So you can find me there as well. Awesome. Awesome. So until next week, uh, enjoy WordCamp US. If you happen to see it, we'll talk about it next week. And uh, have a safe weekend. So long, everybody.